how'd you find this place? Well, we've, we've been uh, coming here for many, many years. Oh, yeah, we come every Thursday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, with the rehearsals, you won't be able to now. Uh -oh. This is true. You know, in China, they will kill a monkey at the table and split its head open, eat the brains right out of it. We had oh. friends, Barbara and Bruce, remember, who went to uh, China, and I'm sure you're in the travel business that uh -huh. you've been there, but they went to Peking where they make the ducks. And what they say is that the food oh, over there is not as good. You can't get a uh, sauce as thick and sweet over there. They don't make it like that. Yeah. Their well, food they, is like steamed or something. And they should have and called you. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got some good packages. That's Incidentally, right. if you two yeah. ever want to get down to Miami, Miami yeah. Beach, we got a great package a week, two weeks. Oh, All expense, yeah. yeah. You get everything you need, any yeah, yeah. kind of food in Blaine. You don't, you know, you get Chinese here and no need We're to We're talking go. about Miami now, dear. Yeah, we'd love saying, to go. We'd love to go. Is it a direct a like, week, two weeks? Like there are Chinese people in Miami. Well, we should, you know, we've stopped. What do um, I have to do? Of course there are Chinese people we, in Miami. We're talking about China We're talking about going to Miami. Miami. That's the only thing. We're talking about Miami. Dear, why don't you put some food on your stomach before you have any more wine? What's it? What's it? Yes. Girl talk. What's it like to be with a circumcised man? I'd ask you more about that, but Ron said the whole Jew thing is Because when Ron had his surgery, all right, all right, all right. When Ron had his surgery, I said, hey, circumcise it while you're at it. You know, just because I've never been with anyone else. Right, Ron's well, the only is, man I've been with. Well, what surgery uh, did he have? Nothing. I a minor uh, corrective surgery. Oh, Can really? we have some coffee at this table, please? It's not minor anymore. <clears throat> well, maybe, you know, we should change no, the subject. It's... I had what, uh, you know, most guys would uh, dream of, you know. I And I had to have uh, a penis reduction surgery. I'm sorry? Penis reduction which said, there aren't many. You're going to say, I never heard of that because there haven't been many done. cases. Oh. Yeah. I said, Ron, oh, no. do something. And he said, why don't you get one of those vagina enlargements? Oh, there. Can we have some coffee over here? <clears throat> have you tried the egg rolls? They're Unbelievable. No Let me ask you something. You're a medical man. Yes. I, I want to ask you something. If you... you oh! No, I, I... Oh, for heaven's sake! No! No, no please! I just no. want... have to do that. Doctor, please. Medicine man, not go near. Dances with Stumpy. No! Welcome to the Night Five Podcast with me, Dave Juskow, 
September 15th, 2020 edition. What a pleasure it is to be with everybody once again, just you and me in the studio overlooking beautiful downtown New York City. In a pandemic of sorts, and when I say of sorts, I mean uh, just an ordinary pandemic. You know, the one we've been going through for five, six months, and now it just seems like regular everyday lifestyle, but all to be fixed. As things begin to open up, and uh, then, uh, you know, by the fall, everything will close up again. So Dave Juskow can prosper in this the world that's so delightful. And that's why today we play the uh, the beautiful Patty Smythe of Scandal as our opening, because uh, I always think of her during the U.S. Open, because I'm thinking of John McEnroe, and that's who she's married to. Still to this day, they love each other. I know for a fact I've seen them... I've seen them interact with each other live. They're hilarious together. Hilarious, you know. I mean, she's always been outspoken. Uh, That's why Scandal broke up after two albums, because, you know, she's very angry. Just like her husband. And I guess two negatives make a positive? Well, they're not negative. They're just, you know what I'm saying. And, of course, the opening up. I mean, if Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and Fred Willard together aren't just a perfect scene that you can put together that's funny in every way, then I really don't know what is. I mean, really. That's damn good acting. That Chinese restaurant scene in Waiting for Government, an absolute classic. And I don't know who that other girl is who plays Eugene Levy's wife, but that's one of those roles that if Dave Juskow were in, he would be grateful for the rest of his life that he was included in a scene such as that. Anyway... Hello, everybody. I just had a big coughing fit. I think I have COVID. Uh-oh. <clears throat> no, I don't know what happened. I like to say it's allergies or something, but what happened, actually, as I, as I told you last week, I am on the Nutrisystem diet, and um, now I'm on my, like, second week, even though it's been 12 or 13 days, because I, uh, you know, I cheat. I cheat a lot, and why wouldn't I? Um, that's what my plan was from the very beginning. I mean, when I say I cheat, when I, I'm on the program for full days, but then knowing I'm going out, I won't do the program. And that's what I do. And that's what I chose to do with this particular program. Cause as I said, it was more of a, you know, <clears throat> now I know what I'm going to have every day for lunch and dinner. And I like it. I like having everything out and things to look forward to every day. So. <sighs> What happened was, um, I guess just really quick, uh, I'll tell you more about it, each thing in a second, but uh, obviously, as you know, because I've reported that on last Saturday, two Saturdays ago, Rachel and I went to Connecticut, and of course, I ended up having the two cheeseburger meal at McDonald's, and you know, I had something at Panera Bread. I mean, it was a major cheat day. And I ate a lot. I had a chocolate shake. And I'm like, well, this ain't going to work. I mean, this is just stupid what I'm doing now because now I'm just now I'm just having it to have it. I'm not even hungry. But it's like, no, this was the plan I had before I left my house today. And then on Monday, I went out to dinner with uh, Jessica Pilot and my friend Andrea. And, I, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. And I had some Thai food and, and a bunch of appetizers. It wasn't very heavy, but still, it's a cheat. Um you know, an Arnold Palmer couple, or one Arnold Palmer, actually, or no alcohol. And then on Thursday, uh, I had Taco Bell with my nephew, 
and my mother, and I'll explain again all that in a second. But on Thursday, I uh, the only scale I use is my mother's scale, and I lost 10 pounds or 9 pounds. Do you believe that? After what I just told you? I lost 10 pounds. Now, I don't want to be a dick. I, have, I mean, I've told a lot of people, but there's also a lot of people I don't tell because, you know, some of my friends are young girls and they're not super thin and they're always trying to lose weight. So if a, a boy, if somebody of my girth and age just tells them, yeah, Tate just came right off. It's unbelievable. It's like kind of rude when people are, you know, heavily working at it. I mean, I am working at it, but to drop 10 pounds in a week, that's... I've been dizzy lately. I had to look up, like, do you get dizzy during rapid weight loss? And they're like, yes, you have to keep hydrated, which, of course, I am doing because I'm drinking 64 ounces of water a day when I'm on the program. Otherwise, I've been just, you know, to combat the dizziness, I've been drinking Gatorade, and it's been helping. So that clearly is the issue this time, not bleaching my mask like a moron. So uh, I'm doing other moronic things instead. So, yeah. I mean, how thrilled was I that not only is the plan working in every way mentally, but it's also working physically. And my friend Michelle, as I was, uh, you know, exercising the other day, she goes, are you losing weight? I think it's working. And I'm like, really? You notice? Like, um, I I didn't notice, but I'll tell you, I felt really good on Saturday when I went to this party because I was just wearing a T-shirt and I just felt better about myself knowing that I was losing weight. Like, they're like, your belly looks, you know, flatter. And I'm like, it does? How can that be? I didn't think it would just automatically come out of there, but if it is, I mean, that's the key spot. So how about that? I mean, if that's not a, you know, they're not paying me for anything, and I also have been screaming, I've been calling them and yelling at them because in the second week you have to eat all these power fuels, and they're like, this is your grocery list? And I'm like, fuck you. I don't want a grocery list. The plan of getting this was I bought all these products so I don't have to do any grocery shopping. But it was like silly. You know, I've calmed down now, even though I was. Let me speak to a supervisor (laughs) over at Nutrisystem. You know, I've relaxed now because now I realize that these power fuels and smart carbs are only like where I made a mistake today. Two tablespoons of peanut butter. I'm like, well, I I could do that. But I shouldn't have had peanut butter before you do a podcast. Shouldn't be eating peanut butter. What what am I, a dog? You know, what am I trying to make myself talk on camera? So it looks like my mouth is moving. I'm an idiot. I think that's why I had the the, the coughing fit or something. I'm now the, the stupidest thing to eat ever. It's just that I haven't gone shopping for the the quote power fuels I need to get for this uh, whatever it is. I mean, you can use like turkey breast and eggs and stuff, and I'll I'll get some of that stuff. But I was really angry that I had to even do. I'm like, what are you saying? I have to eat half a pound of meat every day. What the hell is this? But I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just a couple of slices or whatever. Whatever it is. You know, I mean, that's the funny thing. They're trying to make you so when you go off the program, you know how to eat healthier. So their intentions are good of just making me mad because I don't want to do any work. But, you know, now I got it kind of figured out. And a lot of the stuff I already have here, I can just eat so I don't have to really worry. It's not that bad. You know, just buy a couple of peanuts and, you know, eat those. And I I already have these... uh, these like applesauce things that I guess are made for kids, like like a go-gurt container, you know, whatever. And Rachel's been giving them to me because she feeds them to her baby, and I love them, so she always brings me some when we're together. And I'm like, this is delicious. <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure I can use those as my daily intake of smart carbs. 
Uh, so <laughs> go figure. Uh, sounds good to me, but let's face it. The program is, is working. And, you know, when I'm doing it on the days when I'm doing it, like today and tomorrow, um, usually Wednesdays, I try and go out to eat. Um, well, not to go out to eat, but to support the comedy seller. Um, you know, I stick, <clears throat> I stick to it completely and I exercise. I've told you what I, you know, my portion of exercise, what I've been doing, and I don't know what I'll do in the wintertime, but right now I do 15 minutes of yoga here in the house, which is good, just stretching exercises. And then I take the stupid city bike of, I'm really trying not to curse, but this fucking, I hate living here. Exer- trying to exercise on the city streets of Manhattan is just stupid. It's like when you see people running on the side. I'm like, what's the matter with you? Can't get the full workout because you got to keep stopping and starting because not only are the lights and traffic, but there's a lot of other idiots biking around that like to stay in the left lane when you're trying to pass them and everything. And it's a nightmare. But I'm still getting a you know some form of workout as I pedal up these big big hills on uh, First Avenue, and I pedal up really hard and do the best I can, and I am, you know, I I just think I'm going to pass out at some point, so I know I'm getting some form of exercise, and then I take a big walk, you know, like a two-mile walk, like at a brisk, nice brisk pace, so, you know, I am doing exercise, it's not leisure, and that's good, I think, you know, doing that three days a week or whatever, and and with this thing, it's, it's been working, what do you want me to tell you? It's some sweet magic, let alone, like I said last week, I believe I said it, that, you know, the 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 extra six hours I have to do other stuff after dinner now instead of just watching TV like a lump is, well, it's quite unbelievable. So what a turnaround. Again, an additional reason to be ecstatic about the pandemic for yours truly, who only a year ago was contemplating suicide. And not just a year ago. I mean, I've been contemplating forever. But uh, right now, I got to say, I mean, you know, this is this is fantastic. I mean, it's the thing about suicide is, and I've known this for a long time. And as I think I pointed out on the, on, you know, before, one of the reasons I wanted to become a teacher, I know this sounds very un-Dave Juska-like, but because I was so suicidal as a high school teenager, very suicidal, and they didn't, they had a suicide prevention hotline, but, you know, nobody called that back then. And, you know, who, you know, you had to use your parents' phone to call, so you didn't have any privacy. And, um, you know, nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew how to combat it, but it was, it was you know, even talking about it was new. You know, I, I think I told you before, you know, they had like a, you know, a list of stuff for phone numbers you could call. And they, I'll never, they had one for masturbation. And I, I know I've told you this before. I think about it all the time. And I'm like, you know, I better call that uh, line. I think, um, I don't think this is right. I shouldn't be masturbating still at 17, right? I mean, it's just so great that everybody talks about it now that it's more open. What's better than everything being more open up that they're, you know, that we do talk about teen suicide and we do talk about masturbation and and sex earlier i mean you know and or you know be it, it, the exact same thing is just you know let somebody come out of the closet when you're gay at 17 you know 16 whatever uh you know you know how important that is to just discuss it and the people that don't want to discuss it who are true assholes and don't want to hear about it. Um, you know, well, you, you know, I mean, I'm talking about in a, in a in a forum of a discussion. Yes, uh, 
many times I don't want to hear about somebody's problems at the, you know, it depends where we are. It's got to be the right time and place. But to have an open forum and discussion, it's just so funny that I was like afraid, you know, because, you know, you weren't supposed to masturbate. You're supposed to, you know, I mean, up and what, uh, you know, they weren't talking about it. In the, it was probably only like 10, you know, maybe I don't know when they started talking about that. It was normal. <laughs> I mean, maybe in the nineties, I, I, I say to my, you know, it's my roommate that was in my college roommate. Thank God. You know, he used to talk about it all the time is, you know, kind of a joke or whatever and say that he did it. And that kind of is like, Oh, so it's okay. You know, and now we know everybody does it until they're a hundred. So my goodness, you know, all these kind of ridiculous things, but anyway, with the suicide and I bring it up because it's something Certainly, I would want to help other people with because I certainly know how it is to be that down and that dark. And I'm not even as dark as some of the other people I've met or know or heard of, you know, and I'm, and I've been there. Uh, I, you know, when I was 17, when I was 18, when I went to college, I wanted to become a teacher because I really wanted to put together, and I, again, I know I've said this on the podcast, a, a course. I wanted to bring uh, a course, a suicide prevention course that I should, thought should have been taught. I mean, they're doing this now, but this is in 1982. I was like, every high school, I, I put it in a paper in college, should have a a suicide discussion course. Um, every, you know, for every high school should have a course called suicide and, or, you know, or suicide prevention. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was only 17. But every high school should have a forum, uh, a class every, once a week or every day for a semester. And, you know, just like you have health class in eighth grade. And there should be a course for that, too, because you have to realize when you're that young. And I think it's a lot better for people now. But you have to realize that not only is it a normal feeling, but the most important thing you have to realize. And it's impossible to tell anybody when they're in that situation. But that things do turn around, and sometimes they don't. Now, last year when I was this depressed, or maybe not last year, but whatever it was, you know, after my firing, and I was certainly down, and it wasn't the, you know, I guess it was that kind of down, not as down as I'd been in the past. But, you know, I I really didn't think things would turn around. I really believed this was it for me, and things couldn't get any better. And it definitely took the world to change the way we run things and the way we look at things for me to change my perspective in the sense of everyone's in this together. It's not just me. It took the pandemic for me to realize that even though I know full well it's not just me, but when you live alone, when you are alone, when you're feeling alone, especially when you're a high school teenager, and especially back in the 80s when there wasn't an internet and there wasn't a way to see your friends instantly except you know, on your parents' kitchen telephone line. Think about how goddamn old we are. Uh, you know, you, you, you just, you are, you are thinking God is punishing you or it's only you. And so for the pandemic to realize that God hates everybody and he's making all of us suffer, uh, you know, it, it, there, there's, there's a, 
your mind opens up to like it's not just me. And that's certainly what happened to me. And I've been honest with you guys about that kind of stuff. And certainly things have, you know, semi turned around. Obviously, I'm still a little nervous of what's happening. I can't make a a living. Even uh, things are going to open up here in the city on September 30th in the sense of some restaurants opening at 25% capacity. That doesn't help me, um, you know, make the living I was making before at uh, producing comedy shows. It's not going to help me in one bit. Comedy Solar has their own issues. They're not going to, you know, I mean, even though they love me down there, they, they're they not going to, you know, they don't have time to, they have to worry about themselves. They don't have time to let me. So, you know, how am, how am I just, I mean, me in this particular case, Dave Jones got going to make a living. I mean, we're all wondering this. So, yeah, there's reason for panic. It's just that I, um, you know, right now at this moment, maybe until, you know, November, December, I'll I'll, I'll be okay. You know, because and and here's the weird part. You're going to go in a different direction. The elections are coming up, right? Now, throughout the four years we've had Donald Trump as our president, it's been very clear to my audience that I've never been a Donald Trump hater. And uh, but I've always said, you know, it should be only a four year experiment and then he needs to be replaced. Uh and of course, I've always been saying, as you all know, that I begged, you know, certainly with all my friends like Sarah Silverman or, or even Judy Gold or, or anybody, you know, that's in my face about even being registered as a, a Republican, um, just registered doesn't mean I have to vote that way. I vote who forever who's the best candidate or the most hilarious in this particular election. I didn't realize it wouldn't be that funny. Um but the point is, I what what was I begging for the last four years? Please, Democrats, scour the planet, find somebody to replace him. Find somebody that can take him head head on, use his crazy tactics. Somebody who's going to think really, who's who's smart and crazy at the same time, who's not afraid to do exactly what he does, you know, or or you know. Uh, stalk around your area when you're debating him or something and somebody's going to pull the same pranks but you didn't do that and you just had this one case eh, let's just go with biden i mean that's the way i feel the laziness uh the democrats i eh, will go with biden now do i think biden would be a prime president absolutely not but i do feel like you know you know he's not the guy we were looking for when you had four years to figure it out and i said scour the globe I feel you you didn't do the job. Everybody was a little lazy. But now, so the thing is, you know, he does need to be replaced. But the funny thing is, I'm, you know, I'm kind of reaping the benefits of him being in office in two ways. It's kind of funny. You know, this unemployment thing, I mean, you know, I feel like it's his doing that I get am getting money from the government and they are trying to help me. I don't think that's a, a Cuomo thing. I mean, I think there's a little bit to do with it, but I, you know, I do feel like he's he's helped. I mean, as crazy as he is, and 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 clearly he shouldn't be the president. He's been very helpful in helping a lot of Americans get through this and making sure we have the unemployment and and stuff. And he was kind of on board with that, making sure we get money. I mean, this that's unbelievable. I don't know if that would have happened with a different president. Who knows? I mean, who knows how he's getting the money? Are they just printing money and it's going to be a disaster later? Probably. But right now, that's all anybody wants. It would be like running out of water and being like, well, let's just um, give the people the made-up water we found and they'll be happy. I know this is weird. 
Way to go. But uh, but here's the other thing. What if this guy, if, if, I mean, he's he's close. To, I mean, not close, but he's he's trying to put peace together in the Middle East. He's made the Arabs and the Israels come to, Israelis come together in in certain. I mean, that's it's it's kind of hilarious. Isn't that funny? This guy who's been working with Arabs his whole life, you know, for business dealings, and he's you know he's brokered his his step his uh, son-in-law has brokered these Israeli Arab deals. It's amazing, and that goes a long way with the big Jews that are very influential in this country, especially in this city for sure. So all the people that you think might be voting Democrat, they might think about what he's done for Israel and trying to – I mean, no no other president has been able to put the Arabs and the Jews together. It's like a joke. I mean, it really is like the beginning of a joke. And it, it's quite phenomenal. And quite frankly, I, Biden wants to make a – you know, the Palestines, and that's not going to happen. He likes Palestine. I don't care about that. But I will be voting for Biden because – I just don't think the country can handle another four years. But he's done some great stuff in office. He's done some weird stuff. But, yeah, it's probably time for him to go. But, you know, when people are, you know, I listen to Howard Stern and they say Ronnie is uh, one of the characters on the show is undecided. You know, here I am again, four years later, where I was undecided between Hillary and Trump. And, you know, I ended up uh, voting for Hillary when all is said and done, but really up until the last, until he cut online, as we know, uh, since we voted at the same place, me and Trump, uh, and you know how he's caused me problems because his son lives across the street and his office is across from my parking garage. So that's, you know, I have my own personal readings for reasons for needing him gone, but, uh, you know, I'm still undecided, which is crazy. I know, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to, you know, I have to go with Biden because the, you know, we, we just have to, we, we, you know, we had the experiment. It was great. It was fun, but it can't go on. I, I just don't think the country can survive. There's just, um, we just got to put somebody normal back in. When I say normal, that's exactly what Biden is. He's just normal. I don't think he's going to fix anything. I don't think he's going to do anything. He's just normal. He's just what we're used to for the past 200 years. And that's what you get. When meanwhile, again, they just should have, you know, hey, if you lose again, and you might, because there's always a lot of people like me who are like, well, even when you think it's all bad and needs to be replaced, you're like, but, yeah, there's a lot of people like me and a lot of people who won't talk like this. I mean, I can't even believe I'm mentioning it on the pocket. Then, you know, I get a lot of calls like, how can you think that way? And remember, I'm a very low informed low information voter and we said this before but unfortunately folks i make up what is america i mean besides i happen to live in new york but besides new york and la remember everyone else in the country thinks like i do we're not very bright and we are what i'm saying we are low informed so I've never touted that I am more intelligent than anyone else, but this is the way the rest of the country is thinking. So, you know, I'm just uh, giving up what what most of the people, uh, you know, but not the people that I know, because most of the people that live here that I know in my neighborhoods are more well-informed than I am and most of my friends. 
And, uh, you know, as many of my uh, peers have told me when they're listening to the podcast, but you don't know. It's funny the way you uh, tout your stuff, which you really have no idea what you're talking about. But that's why you love it, right? Who doesn't love a podcast about something that knows nothing of what they're talking about? You know how many podcasts there are like mine where people are just saying, and the world is flat, and I'll tell you exactly why I know this. Because I've been to space, and I can see it myself. Well, you know there are podcasts that are doing that. Why did I have that peanut butter? So, uh, anyway, uh, I will be, Rachel Feinstein and I will be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey on September 30th, Wednesday, September 30th, uh, when I believe I'm going to ask if I can MC every Wednesday at the Comedy Cellar after that. I'm going to see if they'll let me. I don't know why they wouldn't. Also, as you know, every Tuesday night at 8.30 on YouTube, on, under the Comedy Cellar Nightly Channel, if you subscribe, you'll see me. And uh, various guests talking about football very lightly. Just make a couple of picks. But it's mostly, you know, what I'm trying to do with this is do some really, you know, have some really eclectic guests, you know, just making football picks. It's stupid. And then just talking about nonsense. This week, um, I hope you saw it was no exception. Rachel Feinstein, Keith Robinson, and Nick Griffin. Now, this week, this uh, today, when this podcast comes out, my guest will be Lenny Marcus, who will be, I'm taping this on Monday, at the Giants game this evening with no crowd, so we'll hear what that's like, because he's going to be working there. Uh, Lenny Marcus, the beautiful, lovely, uh, am I even allowed to say that, Carmen Lynch, and funny, I feel like everything I said was just sexist, but yes, I do love her very much, Carmen Lynch, and the hilarious and good buddy Greg Rogel will be joining me this week. On the Comedy Cellar nightly show, Tuesday nights, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, 5.30 L.A. time. Uh, and uh, last and, and, and last week was, was fun. And I've got plenty of pictures this week to show you. So all the stuff I'm going to tell you, I will be showing photos of everything I did this past weekend um, because that is the show as well. We always show slides. I say slides because I'm an old man. But that's I love showing photos of stuff that have nothing to do with football, and but that is the show, and the comics can make fun all they want, but that is the show. Now, yesterday, which was Sunday, again, taping this on Monday the 14th of September, coming out Tuesday the 15th, I did, um, I just can't help myself, me and Elon Altman and my friend Lee Maracas uh, all did a 10 a.m., 7 a.m., uh, West Coast time, uh, live YouTube show just on my channel with five viewers, <laughs> and I think one of them was me, uh, just really talking about football and making picks and talking nonsense, not trying to be funny. And, it, you know, I why am I doing it? I don't know. I'm just doing it because I want to. Uh, I'm always looking for a show like that where you're just making picks and just talking nonsense because they don't have shows like that on Sunday mornings. So that's what I decided to do. This Sunday, of course, I'll be doing it from my sister's house because Russia, it'll be Rosh Hashanah. And then that next Sunday is our first tailgate in Maplewood, New Jersey, in some guy's backyard where hopefully we'll have the TVs and a hot tub. 
So <laughs> I am actually going to bring my bathing suit, which I would normally never do because the photo ops are too perfect uh, for a football show or the way Dave Juskow does a football show. And uh, it's going to be great. And we'll talk all about that next week. But that's my plan. I must, you know, I think I have allergies. I think that's what, you know, seasonal allergies where I just get stuff up. Or there's a lot of dirt in my apartment. However, my cleaning lady finally came on Thursday. And let me tell you, I am in love with her. I walk around my apartment now going, I think I'm in love with my cleaning lady. I'm just in love with her in the sense of what she was able to accomplish here. Now, this is the cleaning lady that gave birth during COVID, had COVID, contracted the disease, and got the flu. I thought she got COVID twice. That is not the case. I was misunderstood. I misunderstood, or I was misinformed. She had COVID once, and then the flu a second time, and gave birth all between March and September. So this was the first time she was able to come back. I said, are you sure you're ready? Because my apartment is fucked up. And then I told her, I'm giving you more money next week. Because what she did, really, it was amazing. My apartment hadn't been clean in six months. I might have cleaned the bathroom twice in those six months. I cleaned the kitchen many more times because I was cooking and all that stuff. But the apartment itself... It wasn't just dirty, but it was like messy. You know, there was just, I I gave up after a while putting stuff away and it was gross and it was making me sick. And when I got home on Thursday, I was so happy. It smelled nice. It was just what she did. It was, look at me. I'm like, I'm still gushing over it. I I am in love with her. I mean, that's, oh, I was so happy with what she did. I didn't even know. I, I was like, I didn't give you enough money. And I gave her more than normal. You know, I think I gave her like 70 bucks and I gave her 100. And I'm like, it's not enough. It's not enough. There's an episode of uh, The Big Bang Theory where Sheldon is going to trick Penny that he knows he's she's giving him a gift. She goes, now I got to find something. And what I'll do is I'll get all these gift baskets of different values so I can equal it to whatever she's getting me. And as it turns out, she get she gets him an autographed napkin from Leonard Nimoy. And he gives her all the baskets. He gets, it's not enough. It's not enough. Well, that's the way I was feeling. It wasn't enough. What she did to come into somebody's house, this would have been, for me, this would have been like, I'm quitting everything I'm doing and going back to college. I can't be a cleaning person anymore. And what she did to my friend Chris Murphy's house, man, he showed me pictures of his bathroom. I don't know. He's been doing some, you know, some uh, like health issues or something. And his bathroom was gross. I mean, that his was disgusting. Mine was just messy. And what this woman has done in the last two weeks to help us all out of this, uh, our, our COVID, uh, you know, crash pad six-month shit we've been living in, boy. And it, it really, I'm trying to keep it clean, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm putting stuff away. I'm not leaving stuff out. I love her. I'm so happy about it. I mean, it really just cleaned my mind. And I just said, if you could just organize stuff and then I can go through it, which exactly what she did and more. So I hope you guys have had the satisfaction of having your cleaning people back or, you know, or if you're just, if you don't have cleaning people that you've been keeping up, um, 
you know, I obviously I know it's like a city thing or a, or a Jewish thing or a Jersey. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I said, I've had a cleaning lady my entire life. My mother's insisted. My mother's insisted on having a cleaning person even when I've had no money as she's insisted on getting plastic surgery. It's like that. It's like, here's what our family does. We get plastic surgery and we have cleaning people. That is what we do with the limited funds we have. That is the two things we treat ourselves to. We've been taught as children, no matter what you do, no matter how low you are, you will always have a cleaning lady and there's always money somehow for plastic surgery. <laughs> I don't know whose parents instill that in them, but uh, Rhoda's one of them. So this week, um, I'm going to talk about the Comedy Seller show. So Monday, yeah, I went to Brooklyn with Jessica Pilot, moved back. Our friend Jessica moved back to um, Brooklyn for some reason. She was living in LA. She's like, I want to come back to New York. I'm like, are you crazy? But she found this Airbnb in Brooklyn. I'll tell you, I went there Monday. It was terrific. Brought my friend Andrea with me too. It was great. What a place. Right out over this park. Had a backyard. We sat in there for a while. Went out to dinner to this Thai place. We were going to go to this Mexican place, but they only had these horrible tables on the street. I'm like, I'm not eating there. Went to this Thai place. Food was awful. It didn't matter, though. It was nice to be outside. We were in a backyard. Um, It was nice to go out to dinner, you know, even if it's just outside for now. I, I haven't really gone anywhere else except the cellar. So that was kind of nice. It was a lovely night. This was on Labor Day. And then we uh, went to this ice cream place. It's called Blossom, I think, ice cream. They they fold this ice cream over. It was really good. Yeah, I heavily cheated that weekend and then still lost 10 pounds. I'm sorry if everybody's jealous. But that's what happens when you're a guy that's never dieted and you try and lose weight on your first week. That does tend to happen. I'm sure it'll all go back to normal soon, just like when things open up. Dave Juskow will no longer be the hardest working comic in, uh, in comic land. <laughs> But for now, you know, everything is, is backwards. For now, we're living that alternate 1985 and Back to the Future 2 where Biff is rich <laughs> and Dave Juskow is successful. It really is that scenario. Um, anyway, we had a really great time just hanging out, you know, uh, together with people. And just talking, and then uh, you know, I drove there with my car. So I still haven't taken a subway, an Uber, a taxi, um, a bus. I've only taken the bike, the motorcycle, walked, or my car wherever I'm going. Still, it's been six months. Haven't been on any public transportation. And I assume in the winter that's going to change, but I'm going to still try and see how much I can keep it up. Kind of excited about to see if I can work it out. I know many more people are taking the subway, but I got to say, out of all the things that I would prefer not to take anymore, it would be the subway. Now, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to catch anything, but, you know, I don't mind, I, you know, where the, I, I can't believe there people aren't wearing masks on the subway. I don't know who would do that. It's so easy to just put on your mask. And when you go on the subway, that would be where you'd want to wear your mask. So I don't know why they're having problems. It's mandatory now, and they will find you if you're not wearing one, but I can't believe they have to enforce it. You know what I'm saying? Who's the idiot? I understand if you don't want to wear a mask and you're an idiot and you just don't feel like conforming because it's mostly you just have a problem with authority. And as you know, I hated it for a while too, but it is the law. So what are you going to do? 
But to not wear it on the subway, you're the moron. I mean, I don't even know why they're fighting. I mean, they have to find, I guess, but who's doing that? But I don't want to touch anything, you know? I mean, I got to get gloves if I'm going to wear the subway. I'm, I mean, you, you touch the poles. There's nothing you can do. You're falling around. You can't. Olga would go in the subway and not touch anything. I don't know how she would do it every time. And this is way before this happened. She was like, no, I'm not touching any of this stuff. You don't know what you're going to catch. Well, now she's completely right. But that's the one thing you can't, you know, you you, you sit there, you got to grab the hand or you got to do, you got to, you got to touch stuff. No, thanks. Subway would be the worst. The bus wouldn't even be as bad because you don't, you know, you just, you sit down. But if the bus starts moving while you're walking, you got to touch stuff. So that's the worst thing you could do. I mean, I know I touch the city bike handles and stuff and then I just wash up, but I just feel like the subway is even grosser. I mean, you know, you don't know what's on those poles, what people are doing to those poles late at night or anything gross. But yeah, you just got to wash up after, you know, I mean, I have, uh, I'm always carrying hand sanitizer with me now. They have these flat ones, which I was able to buy at the grocery. I don't know how effective they are, but. Once I get off the bike and start my walk, at least I spray my hands with it. But anyway, um, yeah, it was fun being in Brooklyn. I actually went past Attell's old house. I mean, I hadn't been there since the 80s, pretty much. Went past where Attell, where I first met Attell, he lived on Sackett Street, over the uh, bagel shop that they have in the movie Moonstruck. The legendary one where Cher was dating either the owner or the guy that worked there. I don't know if you remember in the 80s. Cher was dating one of the guys that worked at the bagel. He used to call him Bagel Boy. And the tell lived right over that place. And I always said when they were filming Moonstruck, I always, this isn't it, 1988, when they were filming Moonstruck, I always pictured Cher hanging out in David Tell's apartment, like, oh, I got to hang. And Attell just being like, yeah, you can just sit there. I got to do some work. But um, yeah, hang out as much as you want. Like, he just didn't even care. And he didn't care that there was a movie being shot downstairs. Just nothing ever phased him. But anyway, I said to my friend, you know, Dre lives on that block. And I'm like, well, why you live on the same block as the bagel? She's like, what bagel shop? You know, the bagel shop for Moonstruck. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Then I went by and it's all boarded up. So I see it's not there anymore, but I know what it was. But it's kind of weird to live on that block and not know it's from the movie. I, I guess I guess people I don't know. She's lived there for a while. It seems like. Somebody would have mentioned it, but I guess it's a movie from 30 years ago. And nobody cares anymore, but I do. So on Thursday, I went to Rhoda's and we had Taco Bell because it was my nephew's birthday. So we just, uh, the reason we had Taco Bell was because they're getting rid of me and Billy's favorite dish was the Mexican pizza. And I was told by my friend Caitlin that they were getting rid of it. And we were really upset. That's our favorite meal the mexican pizza from taco bell and they're getting rid of it and it's really disappointing so we're trying to eat as much of it before they get rid of it in november so we had taco bell and i ordered all this stuff my sister picked it up and you know she's like you have enough my sister is an idiot when it comes to ordering i cannot trust her for two seconds she's really really bad at it so i just have to put in my mind she's going to mess it up But she's so headstrong and sometimes just so horrible because I'm always wrong. David's always wrong. David's an asshole. But no, she's bad news sometimes and you can't talk to her. So when I said what I wanted, you know, she's like, no, you're dieting. You don't need this. And I'm like, it's not for you to tell me this. I'm just starting dieting. So just let me get what I want. 
And of course, you know, she messed up. I was expecting it. I'm like, you know what? Even if she messes up, I got plenty of food this time. It'll be fine. Last week when she messed up our Chinese food order, I actually was picking it up. So I asked what it was and I knew she would mess it up and I got a new one. I paid double so I could get what I actually wanted. And then yesterday when we were in, it's it was Pizza Hut Day on Billy's birthday. It's always Pizza Hut Day. We usually go there, but we had to order it in. She also messed up the order so bad that they had to go back to another Pizza Hut that took 40 minutes because she completely forgot Billy's favorite order. She is a moron when it comes to ordering. She cannot handle it. It's one of those things, and she just doesn't. It's like at least, you know, Dory knows she's really bad with directions. You know, I think she admits it. But my sister just won't admit it that anyone else should be ordering except her. She never gets it right. And to miss the two things that Billy only asks for at Pizza Hut, which are like the cheesy breadsticks and the garlic nuts. That's all he ever wants. He doesn't care about the pizza or anything else. I don't even know whether he eats the pizza. She forgot those. And he's like, listen, you better get those. And she was on it and she was starting to yell at him, but she knew she couldn't. It's his birthday. He only has Pizza Hut once a year. And everyone knows he wants the cheesy bread with the dipping sauce. And he doesn't even use the dipping sauce. So, wow. To forget that is just you are a bad orderer. And I know she's always going to mess it up. And I text the order to her. But I know she's like just kind of stupid when it comes to that. Not other stuff, but just stupid. And you know, she just won't admit it. You know, it's like me being like, I know I'm not a great comic. Just admit you know what? You should order it because I'm really bad at this. She'll never admit it. She's too headstrong. Uncle David's always the ass. Well, sometimes that's not the case. In fact, think about this. She wants me to help me get my nephew a job at the stress factory. I said, I don't know if I can do that since Dory was such a bust. It's going to be difficult for me to call a guy I only talk to twice a year to ask him to get another relative a job after what happened the last time. And I said, I don't know, best. She goes, well, Billy needs a job by Monday. So if you don't want to call him, I'm like, what are you yelling at me for? Are you kidding? What do you want me to do? She's like, just call him. You know, what's the difference if it's another? It's just like not. And then Liza chimes in like, yeah. And I'm like, shut up, both of you. Because they all think, because, you know, she's, um, oh, Uncle David doesn't listen or Uncle David is this. Uh, listen, I'm right about this. I said, come to the show. I'll introduce him and we'll see what happens. It has to, I think this, uh, listen, I would totally call him up if Dory hadn't messed everything up already. But it's a lot to ask of somebody who has no restaurant experience and has never had a job to ask a guy who I only know acquaintancely, if that's even a word, <clears throat> to give another relative of mine a chance at his place. I don't know if he Billy's going to be just like Dory. He's not a hard worker. If this was Liza, I would do it in a second. I know Liza's a very hard worker, but Billy's never had a job. He just turned 18 yesterday, and he's never had a job. How many of you guys out there in podcast land have never had a job till you were 18? Not me. Most of the people I know Maybe my bratty sister. Well, most of us were working at the mall at 15, 16, definitely 17. Kids never had a job. Living the life. Liza had jobs. 
Dory had some babysitting gigs or some camp jobs, you know, whatever, but Billy's never had a job. So how am I supposed to call Vinny at the stress factory and just say, not only has my nephew had a job, but you also were kind enough to hire my niece who just sucked and was such a, just a time suck of, you know, like not even fun. At least if she was pleasant to be around, it would be better. And he really tried hard with her. He sat me down. He's like, I'm going to get her out of her shell. I'm going to make this work for her. And she just gave nothing. So how can I, who, you know, not, I'm not David Tell. I'm not Mike Berbiglia. I can, you know, I'm Dave Juskow. I can't, you know, he's doing me a favor. But I mean, maybe if I was Amy Schumer and I said, I got another one, we give another one a try, he'd probably do it for that. But you don't even want him to do it for that reason. He was just doing it because Vinny is a nice guy, a really nice guy who I like very much and runs a really terrific club. And he'd be doing, you know, this comic he only sees once or twice a year a favor that he owes me nothing for. But he tries to help people. That's what he does. He's a good man. But, you know, the times they limited times they let me play there. My sister wants me to ruin it by hiring another douchebag. I mean, I don't know whether Billy's. I mean, I love I really do. I'm enjoying Billy's company nowadays. It didn't used to be that way. He's much more fun and interesting now. So I don't mind putting in the word for him. I'm just saying we got to be careful because, you know, I can't have my sister get mad at me for that. That's ridiculous. And if she's listening, she's probably going like, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't understand. I think when she hears it back, she would understand. There's a lot at stake for me. And I never mind putting myself on the line for anyone, even people I only know a little bit. Which I've done many times. Even for Liza, when I got her the job with the Devils, I don't mind putting my line out there because I know Liza is a really hard worker. And I'm like, listen, you know, I can write. I'm like, she's terrific. She's terrific. I'll just be honest. I'll be like, listen, my niece is kind of, uh, she's a little slow <laughs> or however I worded it. You know, I mean, you want to be honest with somebody. You don't want to do what happened to my uh, dad. Um, Actually, I can't tell that story. So, uh, <laughs> Maybe another time. Anyway, on Thursday after I left Rhoda's, after Beth and Liza yelled at me for an hour and a half, um, they're like, oh, my God. That's all they keep saying. Oh, my God. And I really think, you know, I know when I'm being a douche, but I was not being a douche on this time. I was just asking some questions and talking about it, and they just, this is what Beth does all the time. Stop. Okay, stop talking. She's one of those people, and it's horrible. She does it to me. She does it to my mother. Does it to the kids. She's one of the, just stop, stop it. And it's like the most obnoxious thing to say. To That's like, you might as well just say, shh, shh. And I don't even like saying that on the podcast because it's, it's, people don't even like to hear that when you're not doing it to them. The, 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 when somebody goes, shh, it's just the worst sound to hear. So that's why I'm not even making it big because, you know, even when you're listening back, you're oh, I hate when people do that. It makes me irk. But after I uh, left, I uh, drove my car down to the to Soho, and I got my first haircut. Or did I say my second haircut of 2020? My first one was in January. So what was what is that? Eight nine months or something? Nine months, nine months. I definitely had an agenda. The last haircut I had was before I got uh, my hair redone again. So I had it in January, and then nine months later. My goodness, I finally got it done, and boy, I feel terrific again. 
I loved having my hair long, and it's still long a little bit, you know, whatever, but it was getting out of control because I had colored it again, and then it gets fuller, um, and it was out of control, just out of control where it just wasn't fun for anybody, and it wasn't fun for me anymore, even though I was loving the longness of it, but it'll grow. The long will grow again. You just got to get the sides cut. That's the most important thing. Otherwise, you look like the Joker. And uh, I'm happy with this uh, this this little the, the haircut he gave me. And it just it was great to feel clean. And you know, it was really driving me crazy having it that long. It was you know insane. And there was one point where it was so bad, you know, in my face, which I believe, believe me, and I'm not. I love. I loved that I was having hair problems. Don't get me wrong. I love that I'm able to comment. I'm like, oh, my hair is bothering me. Oh, my God. But I tried to put it up in a ponytail one day because it was driving just at home by myself because it was driving me crazy. And I put it in a rubber band. And then I had to take it out myself because I felt douchey, too douchey, even by myself, that no one would know I had ever worn a ponytail, but even walking around the house for two seconds, knowing I had a rubber band and my hair tied up in a ponytail, I couldn't do it. It just felt that douchey that I couldn't even know that I was doing it. So (laughs) that's when you know something is the wrong look for somebody when you can't even do it yourself you don't have to tell anybody well the problem of course is me i I tell you guys everything i mean i rarely hold anything back so i was going to tell you and even then i'm like well i can't do this because then i have to tell you on the podcast i was walking around the ponytail and you'll have these visions in your head you're like no this is horrible i can't listen to this podcast anymore it's awful so we still have uh, a bunch of stuff to get to this is great i didn't think i had any um Stuff to talk about today, but I do. Oh, also, last week's podcast, the YouTube one, uh, the combination, um, I kept hearing a clicking and stuff. I don't know what that was. I'm going to try and fix all this stuff. You know, I'm trying to get things better. Um, but I do enjoy doing the the, the combination uh, podcast, I guess. I hope you liked it. Uh, you know, if you think that's not the way to go or if it's um, a hindrance or something, let me know. But I guess in this day and age, you got to kind of do a video one as well. So what I mean for guests, it's good, you know, for memo, it's probably not necessary, but sometimes there are things I wanted to show you. I like to show in the comic strips and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, I'll be able to show you these kind of photos, but I also have that show on Tuesdays now. So you can also watch it there. If you're interested in seeing these photos of what I'm about to talk about on Saturday night, it was my friend Caitlin's 25th birthday. <laughs> This is the girl I used to work in my office who's now going to law school, and she's very nice, and we've been friends for, well, two years now. Uh, I was at her 24th birthday last year, and this is her 25th birthday, and we had it in Hoboken, and I was honored to be invited. I was the only boy invited besides uh, one other girl's boyfriend who's a delight, and he's like 33, so he's older than those girls. They're all about 24, 25, all very pretty, all very nice. I've known them for a long time, and they don't seem to find me creepy, thank God, except for one girl who totally reminds me of Dory which is why I really, um, I don't like her. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I like girls that remind me of Dory a lot because I really, really like Dory. Uh, but this girl, I guess she doesn't remind me of Dory. She just kind of reminds me of the way Dory would be in a social setting like that. 
and I really don't like her. She's the only one out of the group I don't care for because I because I know she just doesn't get me, and the other girls do, which is a phenomenal in itself. And Caitlin's parents were there, who you know I wanted to meet because they own that restaurant in Hoboken, and they were you know making a big deal like you know. But I, it, it's so funny because now we're like best friends, you know, the parents, because they're like my age, and I texted them the next day, the the, the, the mother, because uh, we were talking about the classic album show. I was telling her about the Sex Pistols thing. It was so great to be able to talk to, you know, people like that. And her aunt was like my age. So we had a great time, because they're like, oh, now I see why, you know, it's okay to hang out with this guy. So now everything will be good. Um, and I totally get, you know, why it was trouble. Like, why are you hanging out with a 55-year-old man? Um, so we had a really nice time and I got some great pictures that I just shouldn't even be in. Uh, and, but we took some really funny, they had this, um, her, we were at her aunt's place. So they have a beautiful place in Hoboken, you know, with one of those good apartments with a, you know, a downstairs game room. Cause it was cold later. Um, which is unbelievable that I got cold so quickly in September, but there's a lot of wind coming off the, uh, the water there in the Hudson. Uh, so we went down to the game room and they had a conference room in there. So we took some pictures where Caitlin was giving a lecture and they're really, she was so happy with them. And I was just like, no, let's take these pictures because I need them for my show, but it'll be awesome later. And she was so happy with them. She goes, oh my God, those are the best pictures. So, you know, if there's a way that a, an old man can help her birthday and be uh, an asset instead of a hindrance, you know, like, why is that guy here? Then it's awesome. Let alone, I was wearing, um, you know, my black T-shirt that I wear over the summer. And that was probably the last time I'm going to wear it, and I didn't feel fat. Like I felt like I could be myself because I knew I had lost ten pounds, so I was feeling okay about myself, you know. And um, yeah, it was a really good time. They were playing beer pong and everything, and I, and I invited um, Artie's sister again, Stacy, who's so nice and such a delight. So then, you know, at least somebody again around my age was there and. She's such a doll. So everything was, it was beautiful, really beautiful. I was dizzy in the morning when I left it. I'm like, I don't care. I'm drinking anyway. I'm going out to drink. So I had a couple of things, you know, I had some, uh, a full thing of Gatorade and that did seem to help. So I guess that was the problem. Maybe there is something to, uh, to the rapid weight loss or something. Cause I, you know, I looked it up, but I hate looking stuff up on Google. You know how it comes out that. Every time you look up something on Google, you know, why is this bump here on my arm? Like, oh, you're dying. You know, so I was nervous, but uh, I'm like, man, I got to take a chance because I got to, I, I just got to know. Um, but I, I think that's what it's from. That's what they say, you know, especially the first week on the program. And even though I'm cheating and stuff, um, I guess there's something to it. So, uh, but yeah, I was able to drink and I drank and, um, I had like five beers and a shot and, you know, she had a, a hamburger. They cooked, they grilled, I had a hamburger and a hot dog um, over a period of time. I didn't overeat. It was perfect. It was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it was a really lovely night. I was really happy. And I was able to make my uh, bet uh, like on a stoop before I went home because you can legally gamble in New Jersey just on football. I made my bets for the whole week. It was brilliant. And then, you know, the the brilliance is, you know, I can't change them. Or can I? Because I went back to Jersey on Sunday. How are you? But mostly, you know, I didn't use the other place. And, um, you know, I just you have to just stick with your bet. And you can't, you know, once I'm in New York, I can't do it. it I think the system will work. And I do love it. And it was fun. I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't even watch the games. I didn't care. I'm not as invested. I knew the Jets were going to lose. So I didn't even listen. I, you know, they were on. I was like, oh, I love listening to the football games when I'm driving. But I just couldn't listen to the Jets. I knew they were going to lose. 
I know I picked them in my thing, but I just can't bet against them either. I mean, I didn't bet them with money because they suck. But, um, you know, uh, even while we were there, I'm like, well, if you, let, let's watch Family Guy instead of football. So we did. And then I watched, you know, some of it later, but I really didn't care. I just wasn't invested. And in I said, I'm not going to let that rule me um, during the year. I'm just not, I'm not going to be that committed. And I think it has to do with the fact that I, I can't gamble in it. You know, like the bets will be made and that's it. So, you know, just, you know, whatever, whatever. So I can still have my Sundays, even though at 10 o'clock in the morning, I got a show, but I was so excited for that on Saturday. I could not sleep. I got home. I slept for three hours. I got up at four in the morning to start my day because I couldn't. I was so excited for this stupid 10 o'clock show that I know nobody's watching. I just love talking about football. I really enjoy it. I like football. I like and I, and it's mostly just the gambling stuff. But then I don't know. I do like it, I guess. I, I just it was such an exciting day. I know my I'm so excited about my show on Tuesdays. I love talking about football. People were upset I wasn't doing the pool. But like, again, they, they you know. Four people emailed me at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Sunday. Wait, you're not doing the pool? I'm like, well, I can see you were really excited about it, that you called me after the first game on Thursday, three days later, and then after the games have started. If anybody cared, they would have gotten back to me a week in advance when they knew it was starting. Clearly, nobody cared. And then I got a call from Sarah's manager, like, wait, you're not doing the pool, but I love it. And I'm like, you're calling me, you're emailing me at 2 in the afternoon. The games have already started. Do you really care? Everybody forgot. Oh, I'm glad I'm not doing it. She said, well, you can start week two. And I've been thinking about it, but good unburden, you know. I just can't, well, try again next year. I got too much to do with this other weekly show I'm doing. You know, I have my PowerPoint presentation I have to think of. Please, people, please. Well, yeah, I got to figure out another way because I can't get out of that PowerPoint presentation once I'm in it. I can't go back and forth. Anyway, and then yesterday, being uh, Sunday taping on Monday, uh, went back to New Jersey for Pizza Hut, but they would not, even though New Jersey is letting people in, Pizza Hut is not letting people in. It was devastating, so we had to carry out so I stopped on my way. They had to carry out pizza. Like I just stood there in the car and Beth like told them I was there and they bought it. And they had all this pizza and I can't believe two people came out with all this stuff. She goes, oh my God, we ordered so much stuff. And she got it wrong. She didn't order the most important stuff. It was like a joke. Meanwhile, those desserts had like a chocolate chip double brownie. If I hadn't had that second one, I wouldn't have been as full as I was, but I was. Anyway, then they they always have cocktail hour with their neighbor and their neighbor's kids who are very, very nice. Mary, who now is a listener of the Nightfly. Hello, Mary. And I love her and her family very much. And I was telling you that her husband was Egyptian, but he's Lebanese. Oh, they kind of read me a new asshole yesterday about that. And can you blame them? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, I don't know how I could forget because the only other friend I had like that was Lebanese. His name was Joe Salabi. And we went to high school together, and he was a lovely guy up until about a couple years ago where he completely went crazy, and I can't be friends with him anymore. Um, But he's Lebanese. No, he's Libyan. Wait, that is Lebanese, isn't it? No, no, Libya and Lebanon. Uh Uh-oh, here we go again. Oh, I'm messing everything. I'm mixing up the genres. Anyway, he's the guy uh, that, you know, said June 9th in Liza's Bat Mitzvah video, which led to uh, Joe's annual... Uh, 
you know, horse track charity event. Uh, we always try to have it around June 9th, and it's all because of this guy and his hilarious accent and his lovely demeanor. And they have great kids and a great family, so they're fun to hang around. So we always enjoy uh, having the cocktail hour with them. Of course, I didn't drink anything. I just had a Fresca because, you know, I'd had – yeah, I'm not – drinking that much anymore you know i don't really have any alcohol you know saturday i i had five beers that's the most i've had in six months um but it was super fun and and i still felt pretty good and uh and then i got a call from you know remember i told you i was uh, doing punch up on this new nickelodeon show and i got a call from these uh people and they told me they 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 used some of my stuff i i I couldn't have been more happy because i really wasn't sure if i was doing it right I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm using Microsoft Word. I know people use this thing called Final Draft and all this stuff. I don't really have the professional tools, but however I did it, I guess I did it the right way, and they really liked my stuff, which I had tried out on Dory. And remember, if you can make Dory laugh, you win. And she goes, that's pretty funny, but I was really nervous. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a joke-writing guy, but again, you know, I guess if I can write the way I talk, then it's good. So I was thrilled to take that call, even though it was a little rude, but, you know, it was really... I mean, I was like, Beth, this is like, you know, it's an exciting call. So uh, she understood, and I was over the moon that, um, you know, it worked, and they didn't, you know, because I think a friend was mostly doing me a favor, and then it worked out, and I might be able to get more work, which is amazing. Uh, again, uh, never had any confidence in doing stuff like that. And, uh, you know, those kind of things, those freelance kind of gigs could be, uh, well, those are the kind of gigs you need right now. Stuff you can do at home, stuff people can send you on the internet that's not doesn't even take a video thing, you know. Maybe I can help others. Exciting. Ooh, project. That's from Clueless, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh moving on to lots of fun stuff. Uh so I'm dating this new girl. I'm just gonna tell you. I am dating this girl. Thank you so much. And she is an up and coming uh, musician and songwriter. And she wrote this song. And I'm just going to play it for you. I don't know how you're going to feel about it. We just started dating. It's new. But this is the song she's doing. And it's interesting. It's more like, it's like a spoken word. But you know, who am I to say that somebody's stuff is good or bad? birthday today. I'm 12 years old. Julie and Diane and I, they're my best friends. We made a secret promise that on my 21st birthday, we would all get together right here on this very spot, no matter how far we had to travel. Boy, a lot can happen by the time I'm 21. How will it be when I'm 21? What will Two, I could be a soldier. When they ran out of boys, 
I guess they'll have to start taking girls, too. Of course, then again, I might be in college when I'm 22. My sister's friend Carrie was in college. Till last year. I saw her on TV once carrying a big sign. It said, Give peace a chance. Why didn't they give Carrie a chance? In six days, she would have been 22. How will it be? <laughs> Are you like, wait, wait. It's the worst song ever. All right. No, I am not dating a 12-year-old. <laughs> it's, it's Jan Brady. It's Eve Plum who made some song back in the 70s. I just found it. I can't even believe it. I can't believe it. Never, I, can't, I can't believe we never heard of it. Well, of course we never heard of it. It's the fucking worst song ever. Who the fuck commissions a song like this? She just talked about when I'm 20. Oh, I just had a birthday party. My friends and I, we're going to have a great time at 21. And then the 22 story is just about a girl who died during a protest march. What the fuck? What? what who, who writes this? This is the greatest song I've ever heard. I'm continuing with it. It just gets worse. When I'm 23, what will the years reveal? Will there be flowers and summer showers with soft green grass for my toes to feel? What will be is almost middle age. I could have ten children by then. Well, two at least. Of course, right now, I wouldn't want to have any children. There's too much bad in the world for children to see. But maybe when I'm 24, people will be friends again. They better be friends. They better learn to share, too. Because someone told me that it won't be long before there's not enough good water to drink or pure air to breathe. If that's the case, how will it be when I'm 25? Will anyone still be alive? What the, who the fuck is this made for? Well, kid, no offense, but that's why you suck. That's why you were never heard from me. Who the Seriously, who the fuck was that made for? But, you know, and then I keep thinking to myself, God, yeah, they did put out shit like that when I was that age. Everything was so bleak and depressing. I told you, I hated growing up in the 70s. That's why I'm glad, like, most of my growing up was the 80s. My God, oh, that was made in 1971. And there was a lot of bad in the world, and it was all horrible. But why would you, why would a 12-year-old make that? Who's that made for? Will anyone still be alive when I'm 25? Shut the fuck up. And just sing Good Times from the Brady Bunch. Boy, that's why you're that's why we never heard that song again. Here's the funniest part of this. Apparently her dad was a huge record producer and arranger, like a legend. Neely Plum. 
was his name. Neely Plum. You remember him. Oh, he was terrific. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny because it reminds me of my friend Leah, whose you know, father was, you know, she kept telling me about her father. I'm like, right, right, right. And then I saw him in that documentary, The Beach Boys, and he came up with the original chords for God Only Knows. You know, that's a big difference. But apparently her father was a legendary producer-arranger who helped her with that song. Well, he clearly dropped the ball because that guy is credited with making this the way we know it today. you write an uplifting song like that and then say but for my daughter what an asshole and as if that wasn't good enough or you make a crappy song like that i mean look who took inspiration from eve plum's dad That's right. Prince took inspiration from what Eve Plum's dad put together, but apparently not for her. Clearly, he didn't want her to be a singer (laughs) because you wouldn't be like, honey, this is terrific. I'm going to make it great. Now, let's let's make it a little sadder. And at the end, you ask everybody if we'll even be alive at 25. Now, that's a show. The hell is the matter with this guy? I mean, this guy was, he, he, I mean, he just put together fun themes. And then for his daughter, he's like, well, now I'd like to try something different. He um, produced a, the theme to Taxi Driver. Well, that ain't that fun. So that would make actually sense. Three Days of the Condor, one of my favorite films. Uh, and, well, this one you probably know. Mean streets of San Francisco are gonna get down. Will we all be alive in 25? Maybe I'll join the army, you know, when they run out of boys and they need chicks. Yeah. I mean, is this guy awesome? But yet for his daughter, he was like, no, I have a different plan for you. Yeah. Did the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, this guy, he had so many awesome credits and clearly they didn't credit him for the eve plum classic even i think he even produced all the songs on the sound of music soundtrack everything you know do re mi my favorite things adel edelweiss i mean how about this guy right but then for his daughter i have some other plans oh boy and i had no idea 
I was doing the research that, you know, we know that the Brady's had like an album or something, maybe a Christmas. I don't know what, whatever they, you know, we know they sang, but I didn't know that they all went in like, like kiss and all had solo albums, right? This is like the kiss solo albums where we all know Ace Freely's is the best. Everyone knows. And so Eve Blum had her own album and Bobby apparently had his own album. Judging by the static, it looks like this one didn't make it to CD. Surprising. He's too young for certain picture shows. What year are we living in? The Mike Lookinland classic, Love Doesn't Care Who's In It. Here's the new one by Mike Lookinland. Off the album, Gumdrop. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, here's the other one from that album. It's, uh... In a candy shop around the corner. <laughs> Mad little girl, she's a goner. I looked at her. She looked at me. I stole a kiss and ooh the new one from Mike Lookalad just dropped today. Here it is. It's Gumdrop by Mike Lookalad. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so here's the best part, um, if there is a best part to any of this. So we have the Eve Plum solo album. All right. The... Uh, Mike Lookinland solo album. I didn't see any Susan Olsen solo album, but because I don't know what happened here, but apparently Chris Knight and Marie McCormick made an album together. They didn't do solo albums. They decided to combine. And why you'd combine Marsha with Peter, I mean, you're really going for it all. Chris Knight is singing. We can get together now. Step in line, I'll show you how. These are all just so awful. I can't even play them. But it's, you know, we all know that Chris Knight doesn't sing and he hated this part. So I don't know what they're doing there. Here's him solo.
I guess anybody can sing if you haven't changed your voice yet, I guess. You know, I guess he was able to do enough. Clearly, he was able to do enough. But, you know, if you ever watch the old Brady Bunch and, you know, he's sitting there, he clearly doesn't know. He's just trying to keep up. He, it's so obvious he can't stand singing or dancing, <laughs> like, or at least dancing for sure, um, now that we know. But, boy, wow. Well, everybody was making out. That's why I've always wanted a sitcom because I'm going to make an album. With my cast. Oh, that would be a sure thing. There's no way I'm not going old school. I mean, when William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy make their own albums while they're doing Star Trek, you know everyone was making an album. And I think um, Patrick Stewart made an album, too, while he was doing Star Trek. I think they were just doing that for old school purposes. But, yeah, The Odd Couple made an album. I think Tony uh, Randall and Jack Klugman made an album. And everybody was making albums back then. Clearly. As we just found out today, you just, even if you suck, you would make an album. So there's no way I can, I have to make an album. I'm talking about, I got to make a vinyl album, no matter what it is. So I mean, I must before I die, even if it's horrible, I have to, (laughs) I mean, it's pretty much just like a. You know, just like my show on Sunday mornings. I'm like, well, listen, nobody will be watching, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I have to spend my last penny on putting out a vinyl album that I put on Amazon that people can buy for 99 cents. Because that is what's hilarious. Well, that is our show for today. Uh... Tuesday, September 15th, uh, I uh, actually just got an invitation to appear on uh, Gilbert's uh, amazing, colossal podcast. Guess who I'm going to be on with now that we've been talking about the Brady Bunch? Only my audience will care. I'm going to be on with Jack Klugman's two sons. Uh, Adam is one. I don't know who the other one is, but got the call from Frank Padre last week, and we'll be taping that, and that will air on SiriusXM shortly. Me, Frank Padre, Gilbert Gottfried, and Adam Klugman talking about the odd couple and his amazing dad huh i was honored to be selected for such a quality show for you and me who appreciate these kind of things not so much for dory or eliza who would be like oh good for you they don't understand the magnitude of this greatness to be able to be asked to do something like this they just don't get it well anyway folks don't forget this today this coming out on tuesday my normal Tuesday show, Comedy Cellar Nightly, on YouTube, starring Dave Jusco Tuesday nights at 8.30. And then, of course, if you want to get serious and just see nonsense, uh, Sunday mornings at 10 on my YouTube channel, but that uh, don't worry about that one. <laughs> Otherwise, we will see you uh, next week, at, uh, you know, uh, right after Rosh Hashanah. And I will tell you about my uh, strange tailgating weekend in Maplewood, New Jersey. <laughs> so if you know if you if you're around Maplewood and you see us in a driveway, stop by and have a beer and join us to uh, watch what should be a, a very interesting, which should pretty much sum up 2020, and that'll be uh, quite good. Otherwise, uh, join me at the Stress Factory on September 30th with Rachel Feinstein, and I will see you next week. Good night, everybody.